I really live life by take the shot. Don't pass up opportunities because at the, in the end, it works out or works out. Whether you, you understand why it worked out that way or you don't, it works out or works out. You walk in and you're looking at them, they're looking at you and it comes over the loudspeaker. Begin and you begin your pitch. Hello, Sharks. My name is Brian Scott. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hey there, Lead the Team Nation. Welcome back to another great episode today. I have for you Brian Scott who's Executive Vice President of Strategic Growth at Fit Solutions. Now, we have hosted John Prothro, the President and CEO, and we're delighted to have Brian join us as well. So a little bit of background on Brian. He's a 10-year NFL veteran and the Buffalo Bills Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner. In addition to the Bills, he played for the Falcons, the Saints, and the Titans. He's also appeared on Shark Tank, landing a deal with two sharks, and sings with the NFL Player Choir, which had a top five finish on America's Got Talent. And in case you're not familiar with it, Foot Solutions is a global franchise retailer in the health and wellness industry, specializing in custom orthotics and complimentary footwear. So y'all, if you wear shoes, which you probably do, uh, you may be thinking about this if they're not comfortable. Brian, welcome to Lead the Team. Ben, thank you for having me, sir. How are you? (laughs) I am fantastic. You'll notice Brian's got great audio because he's also host of their company's sponsored podcast, Hint, Hint, called Get Aligned. We're going to talk some more about that. But yeah, Brian has got the voice and he's got the equipment. (laughs) So this would be, at a minimum, it's going to be a great sounding episode. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's dive into this. And your company... You are known to be someone who's not afraid to roll up their sleeves and get the job done and perform and just do whatever needs to be done to support the company. That's right. Where in the world does that come from? You know what, Ben? Great question. There was, I like to say in, in life, we have these aha moments, right? When the light bulb just goes off. And this story goes back to my rookie year playing mm-hmm. for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, as a rookie, so we would have our training camp up at Furman university. And during that time, there is these things called rookie hazing, right? And, you know, some are pretty bad, but I'll tell you, I never was involved with anything that was bad. Part of our rookie hazing was after practice during training camp, we had to wait for the veterans to get in and out of the cold tub before us as rookies could get in to ice our legs, right? To get ready for the next practice. Well, there was a group of rookies. There was about, I don't know, 10 of us. And uh, again, we're at Furman on Furman's campus. And so we go in the training room and we wait our turn. The vets got in and out. And us as rookies, we got in the ice tub. And as soon as we got in the ice tub, Mr. Blank, who is the owner of the Atlanta Falcons. Mr. Blank. Mr. Blank. One of the founders of Home Depot. Yes. So he comes into the training room. And he sees us in the ice tub and he comes over to us and he just says, man, we're super excited to have you guys. You know, if there's anything that you need, please let us know. And he's looking around the training room and he says, you know, 
this floor is really wet. And so Mr. Blank, he walks over to the corner of the training room and he grabs a mop and he starts mopping the floor. Then me and the other rookies, we are looking at each other like, can you believe what is going on? Like Mr. Blank, he's a billionaire and Mm -hmm. he could ask anyone to mop the floor. We're not even on the Falcon facility. We're at Furman. It's not even ours. And when you're in the training room, as an athlete, you you sit in the ice tub, maybe five to eight minutes, if that got out, I went showered and it was really about 45 minutes later, I'm walking back through the training room to exit the building. And I see Mr. Blank taking that mop and he's finishing up and returning the mop to the corner. He had mopped the entire training room. And to me, That was an aha moment. The light bulb just went off. I said, you know, Mr. Blank, what's really, really neat about what I just witnessed, there were no cameras, there was no media, there was, I was just witnessing the true essence of this man. And Mr. Blank lives by, you know, I will lock hands with my team and we will do whatever it takes. There's nothing above me. There is nothing below me, right? Now, obviously gets really good at delegating things. However, That was his mentality and mindset. And you lead by example, right? Leading the charge. So that's where really that kind of came from. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? I will live my life like that, no matter what it is. Family, business, friend, that's what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah, how cool. And it reminds me of the whole adage about servant leadership. Like you as a leader, you're there to serve your team. That's right. Your team is the ones, like you guys are the ones executing. Yes. Right? That's it was right. his team. It was his team. But yes. you guys were the ones doing the work ultimately on the field. <laughs> and so, and yeah, what a moment of showing the rookies like, hey, this is culturally, I'm just putting it right out here right now. I'm going to mop this floor to show you I'm not above it. That's right. That's right. So that's where that comes from, man. So in our organization, whatever needs to be done, we will wear many caps. If, if that's what needs to be done, we're going to get the job done. And it's a trickle down effect. When you do it at the the executive level, then it happens in the stores. They see it and, and you know, it, it really is a culture thing. So leaders out there listening, what in the world are you going to do? Like what's going to be your mop the floor <laughs> expression, right? What's that mentality? How does it show up? How does it think about how leaders can run their staff meetings differently? Yeah, leaders, you're delegating. But sometimes just show them what you can do, right? That's right. And and it really is an attitude thing. You know, I think some people, they get into a position of power and then automatically they're looking down upon certain, certain tasks that kind of need to be done, right? And again, I get the delegation of it. I get that there's a time management thing of it, but there's also a, look, I can show you sometimes I will still, man, my first business as a, as a franchisee, I did not mind going in and cleaning a toilet. It was like, no, this needs to be done. Look, I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do. And yeah. I think that's very, very important. Sends a message, mop it's- the floor. Scrub the toilets. <laughs> and if you go into Foot Solutions and the toilet is not clean, yeah. <laughs> you, you need to send Brian a message. Give me a note. Send me a note. <laughs> <laughs> well, so sticking with your, your NFL days, I'm always curious about this. Football is not like ba- basketball games and NBA. You're playing games a lot. 
And NFL, you don't have that many games, although it may feel like that during the season. Yeah. So you've only got so many windows. And if you look at the actual play time during the games, it, it's relatively small because Very the plays small. are so quickly. Very small. So you, you just don't have as many times, right? You've got it. So with the times you do show up, you got to be on point. Oh, yeah. Right. Can't take a playoff because there just aren't enough plays. I mean, baseball, you got all these at bats. Football, you don't have as many. What did you do as a leader and as a player to show up and perform in those moments? Yeah, man. My mentality and attitude, I appreciated every aspect of the game. I enjoyed the journey. And what I mean by that is practice. I was one of those guys, Ben, during training camp towards the end of the season practice when guys are like, ah, I don't want to go out and practice. I was running out of the locker room and I was like, Whoa, let's go. Today's a great <laughs> day. You know, and they look at me like B Scott. Oh my gosh. But they would feed off of that energy. Mm. You know, you really have to take advantage of every opportunity and moment that's given to you. And I just enjoy that journey, man. You know, I think it, it makes things great. We do things that, we don't want to do or necessarily feel like doing, but I, I really feel like in those moments, that's when you're really getting better, when you're committed to it and you're dedicated to it, right? That commitment is doing things uh, doing things you're supposed to do when you no longer feel like doing it. Like any, Anybody can do things when you want to do it, when you're motivated to do it, but when it's like, man, I do not feel like getting out of this bed this morning, still, you got to get up, dress up, and show up. And I, and I think that that carries over into every aspect of life. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you're doing that, like you say, during training camp, practice when it's hot, and you do a little bit every day is probably a lot less of a big deal on game day because you you feel prepared. You know you've been That's preparing, right. and you're ready to rock and roll. Is there a favorite play of yours? Uh, oh, that you like to recount? Yeah, so there, there's there's two I'll share. The the first is uh, my very first NFL game as a rookie. Running out of the tunnel, we were playing against the Green Bay Packers. I look across the field, there's Brett Favre warming up. And it was just that moment of, wow, I like I've been playing football since I was five years old and I'm in the NFL. That was just an awesome moment, man. Emotional, tears. You know, the the whole nine, the whole nine. And then the second was, man, my first defensive NFL touchdown. It was just amazing. You know, interception, pick six. You're just like, yes. Where was it? Who'd you intercept? <laughs> yeah. So the very first one was uh, the first pick six was against the New York Jets. Mark Sanchez got that <laughs> thing in the end zone. I know. Yes. Shout out to Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Thank you for giving Brian such a nice gift that day. <laughs> so where, how, how far did you run it back? Yeah, it was about 43 yards return. Man, great. Yes. Great, great one. Great memory. So you you made interceptions, but when you get the pick six, that's got to feel. That's huge. That's right. That's, that's the icing on the cake. You don't and get So many you catch the ball. And, and then what happens? Are you just like looking downfield and you're like, where? I mean, is it just complete chaos at that point on the field? To, oh, complete. Or, yep. Everybody's running over to you, the high fives, the crowd's going crazy. It, man, it's such a cool feeling. Were you playing at home or were you in the at home? State? Yes. Okay. In front of the, yes. <laughs> I just got back. I took my family. You know, went up to the Bruce Springsteen concert up at the, uh, now it's MetLife. You know, it was yeah, MetLife. Yeah. 
And we were on the field for the show. That was the closest I've ever gotten to the NFL football field. <laughs> yeah. But I bet I'll tell you, just being in the middle of that, I can't imagine. It is definitely something special, man. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Well, that is so cool. And so next thing, I mean, I could take so many directions, but it's just so interesting to me that NFL. Well, first of all, Walter Payton, Walter Payton Award. Tell us a little bit about that award and and what that meant to you. Man, the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, it is given to a player that just demonstrates excellence both on and off the field, especially in the community. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was when I was in Buffalo, you know, I won that award in, in 2012 and did not see it coming, right? I I live life by if something happens to you, like if you're blessed, you become a blessing to others. Always try to make it great and, and pay it forward, um, looking for nothing in return. And um, at the time, while I was up in Buffalo, had this foundation that it was called the Pick Your Passion Foundation for the Arts. And unfortunately, I was told as, as a young kid that I had to decide. So I'm really passionate about music. Um, I grew up playing the drums and the piano and, you know, singing in the choir. And I was told, Brian, you're going to probably have to make a decision at some point. Are you going to continue this love and passion for music or are you going to go down the road of sports? Hmm. And I just felt like you don't have to decide. You really do not have to decide. You, you can do both. So the the foundation, it really was just geared towards educating underserved communities about the arts community. So whether it was performing arts, culinary arts, visual arts, pick your passion and follow that thing. And so adopted a high school and every off day, which is Tuesdays in the NFL, I would take them. We would go out into the community and just support it. We would go to, you know, go see a symphony, go to local restaurants, and they would show us the 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 back end of it, how it works, you know, cooking. it. I mean, it was really, really great, man. And uh, when the Bills announced that I was I was the winner that year, I mean, again, very humbling, did not see it coming. To me, it was almost a full circle moment because... Mm-hmm. When I learned about the award, I was actually in Atlanta and uh, Warwick Dunn had won the award and Warwick does a lot, you know, in the community yeah. with single moms and, and buying houses. And I had, I had asked Warwick, I said, Warwick, you know, I have this void. I, I want to figure out how do I give back? And Warwick's words to me, Brian, he said, whatever you do, make sure it's something that you're passionate about. You know, a lot of guys will just run a football camp just to run a football camp or, or do whatever. But whatever it is, make sure it's a platform that you're you're really passionate about. And that, man, 10 years later, I ended up winning that award. And I actually, I hit work. I said, man, work. you inspired me 10 years ago, you know, and I've been doing this work and to, to win this award that you won 10 years ago. It's just pretty cool. Thank you for that story. And a message for leaders here that I've taken away is... Leaders, as you rise in organizations, you're going to have opportunities to give back in different ways. And as an NFL star, you're probably you're probably getting hit up in all kinds of ways to like give money to this organization, do this, do this, do this. Yeah, and it's easy to set that on autopilot and just like write a check. And thank you for the people who are willing to write a check to charity. Wonderful, but there's something I think a layer of that makes it even more special when you've done the inner work and reflect on what would be most meaningful for you that you'd want to give, not just your money to, but something even more precious, which is your time, your time. That's right. Your time and your talent. That's right. And that leads me to 
why in the world does the NFL have a choir? <laughs> how did you guys? How did you guys get America's top talent? Much less get to pretty far into the competition for goodness sakes. Yes, a lot of people don't know that there is something called the NFL Players Choir, and uh, I'll tell you what—it was about twenty years ago. The idea was born. It was at an event. It was called the. It's called the Super Bowl Gospel Celebration, and and really, it's held at the site of the Super Bowl every year for the last twenty something years. And it's just a night of inspiration, man. You know, positivity. Guys come out to it. You know, awards are are given, and uh, you have some some artists that you know nationally known artists that that come and perform. And twenty years ago, so Patty Labelle has been involved for okay. a number of years with it. The legend. Yeah, man, yes. she was <laughs> she was up on stage, and she says, you know, I'm looking out into this audience, this crowd, and I see some really big, handsome football players, but I bet none of y'all can sing. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> one by one, guys started coming up and got the mic and they they sang a little something. And that was wow. where the idea was born. It said, you know what? Let's put together a little choir and go out and, and do things in the community. So we've been doing things, you know, we would go out and support different, you know, nonprofits or foundations and good, just good causes and create a feel good five. When I tell you definitely feeling a little out of your element to be on stage and, and singing, but People really enjoy it. Yeah. And so this past year, we were invited to America's Got Talent and uh, finished with a top five finish. So it was fun stuff. Patty LaBelle threw down the gauntlet. And I'm like, I'm thinking that's probably the worst thing or the best thing you can do in a room full of professional athletes. They're like, no, I'm come, right. I'll come up there right now and I'll that's sing. That's right. That's right. That competitive. What? We can't. Oh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> So what do you guys sing when you get together? Yeah. So anything that's inspirational and, and feel good, man, from the the 60s all the way up to the 2000s. Um, like what's a song that? that yes. Yeah, so Lean like on do. me. Um, oh Earth, wind and fire stuff. I mean, anything that that's just again, it it, it, it feels really good. Um, what a wonderful world. I mean, we we have a pretty extensive set list. How often do you guys sing now? So uh, we're doing events now, maybe the two to three times a year. Crazy thing is logistically, guys, we live all over the place. We are all sure. over the country. And so it is very tough to rehearse. And a lot of times it's last minute. Hey, here's a new song we need to learn. Here's the material. Like anything else, learn your parts individually. Then let's come together and perform this. And how ma how many do you have in a performance typically how many players yeah so our our core is anywhere between 10 and 12 but okay. we've had 40 guys grace the stage at one time before yeah it's it's pretty cool man and i'll tell you what some guys are talented they can really sing they well, sing. <laughs> well this, this ties incredibly well to your charity yes so you were formally trained as a musician but then you made a decision not to pursue it professionally yeah because you were the football route is that right? Well, so I was, I can't say trained, right? I was in, in high school, band and choir. And honestly, I always read music. I can't read music. I play by ear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's always been a passion of mine. And that seems to be the, the same story for a lot of guys. They grew up okay. around music. They really like it. And it's always been a passion of theirs. Do you guys dance? When you sing, <laughs> we, we, we do have some choreography going on some of the songs. All right. Maybe I'll, I'll ask you afterwards for a YouTube video that we can put in the link. 
Because oh, I for sure. For if someone sure. said Ben, check out this NFL choir, I'd be like, what? Are they beating yeah. each other up? Or are they tackling? Yeah, no. no. Oh, and because you asked yeah. about dancing, I will give a shout out. So one of the best dancers in the group is Bryant McKenney. And Bryant now, he is probably, arguably, the best athlete that came out of the University of Miami, had a heck of an NFL career. Okay. He's an offensive lineman. So we're talking, oh, well. I don't want to think like six, seven, <laughs> six, eight, 300 and something pounds. And man, twinkled light on his feet, man. <laughs> well, super athletes. So. That's right. That's right. Sing and dance. You can't get these athletes together without doing something like that. <laughs> Want to boost your productivity and decision-making? Get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox. A great resource whether you've listened to the episode or not. Go to benfanning.com slash insight. All right, that, that is so cool. All right, so let's, let's fast forward a little bit because we got Shark Tank. We got footwear. We're not footwear, like health... Uh, or, or like orthotics, which are a part of footwear, yes, or healthcare too. Where where does this all kind of come together? Because it seems like a big leap going from professional football. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're not running football camps out there and coaching. You're going in a more entrepreneurial route. So where, how did all of this? Kind of come How did it come together, man? So it was a uh, when I got finished playing towards my, the tail end of my career. I went into, I so the NFL offers a lot of programs that mm. people don't know about, and I took advantage of all of them. I went to the NFL broadcast boot camp thinking, oh, well, maybe I want to become a commentator. I, I could see that. <laughs> I, I really thought about it. I really thought about it. But at the end of the day, I wanted to do something different, um, something away from the game. Mm. And uh, at the same time, I was introduced to the material. It's called Noeem. And Noeen is this material that absorbs and disperses high-frequency shock, like 96% of it. And I always have to just describe this when we talk about high-frequency shock. What is that? And I say, well, in simple terms, if you take a baseball bat, a metal bat, and you hit a metal pole, the vibration that comes down that bat and stings your hands, that's high-frequency shock, right? Mm -hmm. And this material is able to absorb and internally disperse 96% of that. So how that pertains to the body is whenever we we run, we jump, we even walk, especially on hard surfaces, those high frequency shock waves are coming up and hitting your feet, then they come up and hit your ankles, your knees, your hips, your low back. Mm. And it so it protects the joints. And so my first thought is when I learned about this material, it's made it was made over in Europe, how do we get this thing into helmets? That near and dear ah. to my heart. How do we sure. make contact sports safer, right? And so hmm. I went ahead and, and I, I got involved. I got the material. I then was like, ah, I don't believe in snake oil. I don't know. Does it really work, right? And after all the testing and the whole nine, I reached out to the NFL and I and I went to the NFL business boot camp. Um, and that's where I learned how to pitch products, how to talk about your business. And uh, it was from that man, Shark Tank kind of came on board and they said, you know, we're looking for possibly an NFL player that has a product that we think could work well on Shark Tank. However, there this is no handout. You still have to submit your essay, your video essay, go through the process, get approved, the whole nine. 
And at first, man, I, I'll be honest. I said no. I like, uh-uh, I'm not going. <laughs> I watch Shark Tank. I see how those sharks eat people up. I am not. Yeah, it's called Shark Tank that. for a reason. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But uh, but man, I really live life by take the shot. You know, don't pass up opportunities because at the in the end, it works out or works out. Whether you you understand why it worked out that way or you don't. It works out or it works out. So I waited till the 12th hour. I submitted everything that I needed to. And six months later, there I am walking into the tank. And it was from that presentation and everything, you know, again, it's really an undersole. So because the material is so thin, if you take a shoe and you take out that little flimsy part of a shoe, that foam mm-hmm. piece, you put noene in and then you put that flimsy piece back on top. And that's how it works. And it was a match made in heaven when it comes to Foot Solutions because Foot Solutions is a a retail-based foot wellness franchise. And it specializes in making custom orthotics, but they also sell different brands and various brands of of healthy footwear is what we call it. And Noeen was a, a perfect match for that, man. So that's how I... If you had asked me when I first got into sports or when I retired if I would be in the foot wellness sector... (laughs) <laughs> wasn't a thought, but, but life takes you on an interesting journey. What, who were the sharks there that day when you walked into the shark tank? Yes. So from left to right, when I walked in, it was Mark Cuban, Damon, John, Mr. Wonderful, Lori, and then Robert. Oh, you had a five. I had. Yes. Oh. Yep. Yep. And man, I, t- when I tell you what, I've been in some pretty stressful situations before. I I, I would like to think, but this was like no other because Shark Tank, you walk in, people think it's scripted. It's not. People think the sharks kind of know what you're going to pitch. They don't. And you walk in and you're looking at them. They're looking at you and it comes over the loudspeaker. Begin and you begin your pitch. Hello, sharks. My name is Brian Scott. My, You know, my company is and you go into it. And uh, after you present, they start firing off questions, man. And I'll tell you what, I am a sweater. I've always been a sweater. When I played every team that I was on, they would say, B Scott, you sweat more than any other person that you like. You're up there, (laughs) you know, sweating through your equipment. Your shoes are soaked the whole nine. I was just praying that I did not start sweating while I was in the tank. I watched (laughs) so many episodes of Shark Tank before I went on like film. What questions do they ask? How do the sharks respond? And I saw a couple of people sweat and they jumped all over it. Why are you sweating? Are you nervous? Are you lying? What's going on? <laughs> I said, please don't start sweating here in the tank. Oh. And so how did it play out? Yeah. End? So Mark and Damon, they made an offer on television. And um, yeah, so it, it played out really, really well, man. The journey has been a very interesting one for myself. So you ended up, did did you have a, interact with these guys and about your business a lot? So Damon was on the calls a lot with that. Mark, he has a team. And and honestly, even before this, I was always curious, man, they have a lot going on. How in the world? Like we only get 24 hours in a day, but it seems like they've learned how to to double that, you know? Oh my gosh, man. And so here you are. And this thing about like, why do you do what you do at the end of the day? Yeah. You know, (laughs) I think there's no right or wrong reason. Like, Everyone has to figure that out. And it's not what's your why in life, but mm-hmm. why do we continue to get up and and I say dress up and show up? This was brought to me actually. So I'm sitting in our team room. We were getting, I'm playing for the Bills and we're getting ready to play the Patriots. 
And at the time, Chan Gailey, the coach, he walks in and he writes that on the board. What's your why? And he said, guys, I want to talk to you today about why do you do what you do? And he said, for a lot of you guys, you know, you're sitting in this room because you wanted to make a lot of money. Well, everyone in this room makes a lot of money. Why do you still get up and do the thing? Why do you put your body through the grind that you that, that we put it through? He said, for some guys, your motivation was you wanted to become famous, an A-lister. Well, some guys sitting in this room, there's nowhere you can go in the world where people won't recognize your name or face, right? Why do you do what you do? And he said, mm-hmm. so I want to challenge you to find something that can never truly be attained. Now, that's a personal journey for you, but you have to figure mm-hmm. that out. And uh, it was in that moment, I thought about my life and I said, you know, I can't remember where I was, what I did, but my dad looked at me and he said, son, I'm proud of you. And that struck a chord. And mm-hmm. I've kind of lived my life, whether it's my parents, my wife, my children, my siblings, anyone in my close circle, man, Brian, I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of what you're doing. And I realized though, mm-hmm. Ben, at any moment, I can do something that disappoints them. Like if I do something and my wife says, man, I'm really disappointed in you. Oh my gosh. So every day I'm getting up to, and I'm striving for that, right? And I just think that's great. You know, Kobe... Man, Kobe had this interview before he passed away and and somebody asked him, they said, so Kobe, are you a guy that do you just love to win or do you hate to lose? And Kobe thought back for a second. He said, neither. I'm, I'm neither one of those. He said, because if you pick a side, then essentially it's like you're on a high or a low. If you don't win or you lose, you know, but he said, but if you stay kind of even keeled, he said, Mm. I learned to live. He said, I I play ball to learn. Every day is a learning thing and I'm always striving to learn and get better. So whether I win a game or whether I lose a game, I'm so fueled by learning and getting better that that doesn't matter. That's a byproduct of it because obviously the better I, I get and the more I learn, the winds will come. And I was like, man, he is spot on. That is his why, right? And it can never truly be attained. It doesn't matter how many records you break. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter how many wins you have. So Every good. Enough to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great way to kind of look at your career. The Latin of the word career. I talk about this a lot is Carrera, which is journey. Yeah. It was never yeah. ending, right? And Never ending. That's right. You know, in sports, you either win or lose on the field. But like Simon Sinek has his book called The Infinite Game. I'll have you checked uh-huh. it out. But like looking at, like if you play the game, like it's never going to end. Like the game of business never really stops. Yes, you might never have stop. a good quarter. You might have a win on Shark Tank. But that just propels you to, what do you get to do? Well, you get, get to keep playing the game. And to the next, to the next. And you know, and unfortunately, you have athletes who when they retire, they lose such a huge piece of themselves because their identity is tied to that. And Tony Dungy would always say, don't make you playing in the NFL the highlight of your life when you read your obituary, right? That should should not be the highlight in your obituary, playing in the league, because life goes on and there's so many more things to do. And don't think that you're ever starting over because Whatever it is that you've done, that's your journey. You can look back on it. It's just preparing you for the next thing and take those things that you've learned and apply it to the next and and keep going. So motivational. I like it. (laughs) All right. So starting to wind this up here, um, 
when your time is passed at Foot Solutions, what do you hope your legacy is going to be? You know, I hope that people remember a guy who, yes, loves life, full of positivity, enjoying and brought that energy. And again, not afraid, wanting to just make the world a better place, right? And we all have that that power to do so. Some, their reach is far and wide. They They speak, they have these platforms where they influence a heck of a lot of people. But you don't need that. It starts at home. Right. Mm. So as long as you're doing that, and I and I believe, you know, that's strong families and 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 relationships, they make for better communities and better societies. And if that's what we can do, man, and all just lead with love at the end of the day, gosh, how great would this world be if that's if that <laughs> if that's what it was? <laughs> that's a great place to wind up here. Leadership and love, right? Being being generous and what a great career you've had to this point. But what's going to be even cooler is when we have you back. <laughs> and uh, we'll see where the road takes you. Yes, sir. All right, Brian. Thanks for coming on today, my friend. Thank you for having me, Ben. If you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting, do this before you do anything else. Head over to benfanning.com slash quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one best-selling book, The Quit Alternative, The Blueprint for Creating the Job You Love Without Quitting. You'll learn the critical questions you must answer before you make such an impactful decision. Go to benfanning.com slash quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of The Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.